Praise the Lord. I just want to thank you. And many of you don't know, this is not uh, his tabernacle thing. This is a, a national thing. I get really intimidated when this happens because it's, you know, we just, we're, we love to give. It's not as much receiving as it is giving. We love giving. And uh, this type of year, this time of the year always is humbling as you are such gracious people and you bless my wife and I and um, you honor us. And we just want to say thank you all. Many of you gave last week and we just want to say thank you very much and we honor you as well. I'm excited today. Um, next week, I want to remind you again, Pastor Pelko, as you were saying that, I kept looking for who that person was that you were talking about. <laughs> Honestly, you are an amazing lady. I remember how old she was. You were 12, right? Yes, amen. Today, I just want to say, it. next week, please, don't, don't be late. You don't want to be late. And you might want to come. Some of you... Brother Chris is not going to be preaching 7.30 a.m., only the 9 and 11. The 11 o'clock service has extra room in it. So if you would like to come, some of you maybe next week at 11, give room for other people to bring guests. This way we can balance it out. All those that are watching online, invite someone to your couch. Amen. Uh, maybe have a breakfast at your house and uh, invite people out to here. Brother Chris Estrada. We made sure that he was from a state that is allowed to come. Amen. We know our governor has a no-no list. Amen. The no-no list. And uh, we thank God that Brother Chris, I don't know how California would ever be not on the no-no list. Amen. They should be on every no-no list. But we thank the Lord they're going to be able to come and uh, the Estradas will be here. His wife moves very prophetically as well. And so we know the prophetic unction will be in the house next week and so please be here we know you'll be blessed we know they'll be encouraged they're very excited to come one thing i love about um who we are as his tabernacle is recognizing that guests love coming here they love i mean every guest that we've ever had in this house and i need i need you to know who they are we don't bring in small level guests we bring in literally some of the best in the entire country and some from all over the world and every time they come here, they can't wait to come back. Why? It's not just because you bless them, but really what it is is they are, it's very rare to be in a spiritually free environment where God's Holy Ghost can move as he wills. And you just open that up, and they love being here. And so I just want to say thank you as your pastor. Martin, I love you. just wanted to say that out loud. Thank you. It just came in my spirit during worship. Amen. Open your Bibles with me this morning. I can't wait to preach this message. I'm excited. We've been talking about we are unstoppable, the supernatural church. Come on, shout it out loud with me. Unstoppable, the supernatural church. I pray you never forget that. I pray you never allow that to escape your spiritual man. Pastor, I've heard it like week after week. 52 weeks in a year, Pastor, and I've heard it week after week, and you're going to keep hearing it until the last. I already know the theme for that God has given me for 2021. I can't wait to share it with you, but man, right now, we're not there yet. We're still in a place where the church has to be seen as unstoppable and as supernatural. The world has watched the natural church and they are disgusted with the natural church. 
The world has lost, watched the natural church and watched how we have moved as a natural people and said, why would I need the God that they need? I can live the same exact way and not lose my Sunday morning. Here we are as the body of Christ. We've got to answer that. We've got to be the declaration of heaven on earth. We have got to be that representation that God has called us to be. We are not a religious organization. Turn to someone and say, we are not a religious organization. Come on, tell somebody else, ah, we are not a religious organization. People say, well, it's good that you've got your religion. I don't got a religion. I got Jesus. Can I hear an Amen. And because my God is alive and he's not dead, I'm not serving a dead God who's still in a grave. I'm serving the risen Christ who's sitting at the right hand of the Father. He is alive and I am alive in Christ. And because I'm alive, the supernatural power of God resides in me. Turn to someone and say, you are supernatural. Come on, tell somebody, you are supernatural. We've been talking about how God has empowered us, how God has sent us our very calling and our purpose, how Christ gave us authority. We talked and ministered a, a whole, I think, two weeks on spiritual authority, how God has given us that exosia. Everybody say exosia, which is the Greek word for authority. But he has also given us power. Shout dunamis which is supernatural endowment power. It is that dynamo. But you shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. God is calling his church not to be hiding in a building, but to be present in the world. Not to be present to act like the world, but to be present to show his kingdom come, his will be done. You see, the culture of heaven is waiting to be released on earth. And God has made a choice. The only way that I'm going to bring heaven to the earth, the only way that I'm going to show my culture that I desire to release on the planet is going to be through my people. So therefore, as Jesus Christ ascended on high, just as in Matthew chapter 28, verse 17, Jesus was given all authority. He then gave us the same authority. John chapter 14, greater work shall you do because I go to the Father. Turn to someone and say, I am powerful. Come on, shout, I am powerful. There are so many believers that believe the parts that they like and they extract the other portions. But I'm here to tell you today that this church, God's church, God's people, God's kingdom is not dead but alive. That God's kingdom is not weak, but it is strong. That God's kingdom is not flesh, but that it is spirit. And the kingdom of God abides within you. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I cannot be overcome. I cannot be destroyed. In fact, there are miracles in my hands. And there are miracles in your life waiting to be released by heaven through you to change somebody else's life. You see, when we recognize this, then you and I just can't sit back and be a religious organization. 
We have got to be who God has called us to be and not in the building. I'm talking outside the building. I'm talking when you're at work, when you're with your friends, when you're at Walmart. That's when God wants us to rise up. That's when God wants to show up. That's when God wants to manifest his love through you, through signs and wonders. Turn to someone and say, my life is filled with signs and wonders. You see, that is really who you are. I don't care who you are you think you are in the flesh. Who God says you are in the spirit is the real you. And that's where the body of Christ has to have a metamorphosis, a transition, a supernatural revelation that I am just not of this world, but I am a sojourner here. God, listen, I wasn't born on this earth. I was born for this earth. I wasn't born on this earth. I was born for this earth. I was sent to the earth by God. For you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and I've ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. The fact is, is that God needs you. God has called you. God has anointed you. God has given you authority and God has given you power. But until the church literally has an understanding about the anointing, literally has an understanding about how to move, then the church will be just like a religious organization that does their kumbayas on a Sunday morning and everybody walks out, feels emotionally settled, but not supernaturally empowered. And I'm here to tell you today that in this house we have one thing focused and that is we're not raising up a religious group of people. We're raising up a body of Christ that's filled with the dynamic power of the Holy Ghost and that God said, go and do my work and I'll back you up. Come on, shout amen. amen. Acts chapter 3, verse 6 says this. But Peter said, I do not have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. In Acts chapter 3, it's talking about a man, the man at the gate beautiful. Now, I used this exact verse when I was talking to you about authority. And as I was praying and asking God, what verse do you want to share with your people? What do you want me to give them? What do you want me to put on the plate so they understand? He says, I want you to go back to Acts chapter 3, and I want you to give them the fullness of the plate. Yes, God has given us authority. I love the fact that Jesus hasn't sent us here to just barely make it by, but he's given us authority in his name to bind on earth, to bind under the earth and to bind above the earth. You have authority and jurisdiction in three levels. When you and I really get this, then we can't walk away defeated. We've got to walk even in the middle of the storm with our shoulders back and our heads high because God is for us and therefore we can't lose. When we understand this, that authority can only be granted by the greater then we submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from us. You see, recognizing that you and I in and of ourselves are just fleshly people. But with God inside of us, we are supernaturally endued. We have been given a power that normal man does not have. You are not normal. I love what Paul says. I don't come to you with the excellency of speech, but with the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost, that your faith will not be built upon the wisdom of man, but upon the power, shall power, power. shall power, power, 
Shout, I need more power. Shout, I'm powerful. Come on now, that gate, I'm opening it up. I want you to hear yourself. I want you to see yourself for who God sees you to be. You're not some weak, wimpous little Christianette that kind of just barely makes it by waiting for the trumpet of God to sound so you can escape. But you are Holy Ghost filled. You are Holy Ghost empowered. You are sons and daughters of the King of kings and Lord of lords. And you have been sent as ambassadors, as representations of heaven on earth to be signs and wonders so that God will work wonderful things through you. You see, I love this verse because as we can see in the name of Jesus, the Bible says that there is one name that you can be saved by, the name of Jesus. The Bible says that in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. All authority has been given to Jesus on heaven and on earth. You see, today, as you and I are literally, we have been called heirs of God and joint heirs. What's a joint heir? That means whatever Jesus has, you have. Let me say it again. Whatever Jesus has, whatever Jesus did on the earth, you can do on the earth. The problem is not the doing. The problem is believing that you can do it. The problem is that it can't be done. The problem is that faith activates the supernatural. So when many of us are just sitting back and saying, well, you know, I guess God has a few quarterbacks that he'll send in and move in the power of God. I just got to wait for them to show up. No, the Holy Ghost is saying, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, he dwells inside of you. You've got the same power that Jesus has. You've got the same authority that Jesus has because the greater gave it to the lesser. And now we can act on his behalf. Whatever Jesus did, you can do. And God is calling us to live this life of the supernatural. The world is sick and tired of seeing church. They need, especially during this time and season, to see the supernatural church that's willing to move in the power of God. Amen. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. When you and I get this, man, it changes everything. That means when you're at the grocery store and you see somebody sick, that you have enough authority, you have enough power to lay hands on them and see them recover. Well, I don't know. We should call the pastor. No, you're there. Well, you know, I'm struggling with depression. Then bind the spirit of depression in your life. That demon is afraid of you. That demon is intimidated by you. But if he can intimidate you greater, then he will bring you into a bondage. And God is saying, I did not give you the spirit of bondage. I did not give you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. It's time to recognize the devils are hoping that we remain ignorant. The devils are hoping that we remain weak. The devils are hoping that we remain remain out of faith and I got to believe come on now I don't know about you I don't know your life but I know my life I don't know what you've been through but I know what I've been through and without Jesus Christ and the authority in his name I would have I literally would have curled up in a ball and would have laid in the corner and whined like a little child but with God inside of me I'm a roaring lion the Bible says that the lion of the tribe of Judah dwells inside of me come on Jesus roar when you recognize that, you can't just be a little Christianette. And this is what I believe God is doing in these last days. He's raising up his remnant. He's raising up his people that are not going to be cowards. 
He's raising up his people that are not going to be afraid and intimidated. Now listen, I believe in COVID concern. But I'm saddened as I watch people that are going beyond COVID concern and are now falling into COVID fear. The COVID fear literally has nothing to do with COVID. It has to do with the extraction of no longer believing the word of God. It comes from the extraction of no longer believing the word of God. Because either the whole word is true or throw it away. The devil is not after the COVID. The devil is after your faith. If it can steal your faith, then you have no authority. If you have no authority, you have no power. If you have no power, then you're just a religious organization. Come on, church. It's time to arise. It's time to arise. It's time to arise and be the church. The world needs the kingdom of God. Come on now. Shout amen. Amen. I am preaching it because I'm having fun. I love this. We've got to read this verse. Acts chapter 3. The Bible says, Now Peter and John went up into, together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate beautiful, which is called beautiful, and to ask alms from those who had entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John being uh, uh, about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. I love this. Here it is. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have. If I shout, I got it. Oh, come on now. But what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. We can't miss this, though. You can't miss this. But what I have, what I possess, who I am. You see, if you possess it, it means you own it. If you own it, it means you believe it. If I walked up to you and you were driving, let's just say you're driving a brand new Mercedes Benz. Whoa, Jesus. And is it seven series? What's the, what's the nice, is it five series? Is it five? There is a six? Six series Mercedes Benz. Jesus, help us all. Ah! I'm from all the way out back. It's your car. You paid for it. I'm talking you paid cash for that thing. And I walked up to you and I said, can I have the keys to my Mercedes? And you're going, excuse me? That's my Mercedes. No, no, no. I'm going to take your Mercedes. Give me your, give me your fob. Listen, the last time I rented a car, I got in it. And it didn't even have a fob. I didn't know how to start the thing. I literally had to Google to figure out how to start the car. <laughs> you're, 
You're going to look at me and say, what are you talking about? I own this car. This is my car. I have the title deed. There's not even a lien on it. It's mine. And I want you to grab this because until you own who you are in Christ, until you own the authority that Christ has given you, until you own and believe that you have the power of God that's residing inside of you, then you are going to let people steal your car all the time and just kind of hope they bring it back. But I'm here to tell you, you do not need to allow anybody to steal your car. You belong at the table. Why? Because you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. You believe in your heart that God raised him to the dead. You were saved. And when you got saved, you became the temple of the Holy Ghost. We became the temple of the Holy Ghost. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of you. You have, come on, such as I own, such as I possess, better than that, such as as who possesses me in the name of Jesus. You see, when you recognize that you possess that power, that it doesn't need to just descend upon you. I love the anointing. And a lot of people do not understand the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. The anointing is not the Holy Spirit, but the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You see, the anointing is the power of God that sets the captives free. The anointing, according to Isaiah, the Bible declares in the book of Isaiah 10, 27, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from his shoulders and his yoke from his neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. God established the anointing all the way back in the book of Exodus when he was starting to appoint men to do the work of God. The kings, the priests, the prophets, they were anointed. Literally, if you remember in 1 Samuel chapter 16, that, that they came, the prophet came to anoint the next king of Israel. And at that point, he came to David's house. Come on now. And he came to David's house and all the brothers came out. But the, the, the prophet said, none of these are the, the true man of God. But then he said, you have another son. He said, I've got one more kid. But he's out taking care of the sheep. He's just a ruddy little boy. That means he's redheaded and he was short. Wasn't anything that anybody would think was great and amazing. He wasn't like Saul. Saul was one of the greatest kings. Listen, the first king. But he was huge. He was massive. And everybody knew who he was. No one knew who David was. But I want you to know that God looks at the heart. Because when God knows you and you know God, when you've proven God, in the back of the desert taking care of the sheep with the lion and the bear, I want you to realize that God will use you because your confidence is in him. He was called out and here's this ruddy little boy standing before the prophet of the Lord and the prophet pulled out, come on, a ram's horn. Everybody say ram's horn. Why a ram's horn? Well, because what was in that ram's horn was the anointing oil. 
It was the representation of the Holy Spirit to declare that when I pour this over this man's head, that he has an appointment, he has a calling, he has a purpose. God has chosen him and ordained him to go and to lead Israel. And he became the greatest king of all of Israel. That day, that oil was poured upon that boy's head. I want you to recognize he did not take a metal pot and pour out the oil. He poured it out of what God had created. Man, I love the story about David when he was bringing back the Ark of the Covenant to Israel. The prophets, excuse me, the priests went out and they put the Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God representation, on a cart and pulled by oxen. And when it started to tip, a man out of a pure heart reached up to stabilize the presence of God and was struck dead. David was mesmerizing and wounded in his heart saying, God, I don't understand. I'm trying to bring your presence back to Israel, to Jerusalem where it belongs. And God said this, I never told you to bring my presence back on something made with man's hands. I want you to know that there is a fake anointing. There is an Ishmael anointing. That Ishmael anointing will look like the real thing. But God's hand is not on it. You see, God has an anointing. God has a purpose. God has power. God has authority. And when you and I accept Christ, we step into that. You see, they put the, the Ark of the Covenant on the shoulder of the priests and brought the presence of God back to Jerusalem where it belonged. Why? So God could pour out his spirit as he promised. Joel chapter 2, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh as it is called the last days. It's time to recognize that we we are the church. We are the body of Christ. We are kings and we are priests. And that Christ's presence is dwelling inside of us. And that anointing, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 and 27, the anointing abides within. What is that anointing? That means at every second of time, you have enough power in you to raise a dead person. Huh? I said every second of time because the Spirit of the Lord dwells inside of you. Because you've been given authority, not your authority, the greater has given to the lesser. Because God has said, listen, I want you to act like I would act on that planet. Amen. Didn't Jesus do that? I said, didn't Jesus do that? Jesus said, I only do what the Father has told me to do. I only go where the Father has told me to go. I only, I only speak as the Father has told me to speak. If you've seen me, you've seen the... Come on now, if you've seen me, you've seen the... So Jesus said, go greater work shall you do. It's time to recognize that God has called us. Turn to somebody and say, God has called you. Tell somebody else, God has called you. Boy, you don't sound excited. I want you to tell somebody, God has called you. When you actually believe that, then supernatural will start coming out of you. When you actually believe that, faith will activate signs and wonders in your life. When you don't believe that, you can still go to heaven. But baby, you're going to go a little harder than you have to. It's time to recognize that the anointing, God would not have sent his only son without being anointed first. Jesus did no mighty signs or wonders. Jesus did no miracles as a child. 
It wasn't until Mark chapter 1 when Jesus was baptized in water, his inauguration, that all of a sudden the Spirit of God came upon him as a dove and the voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. It wasn't until Jesus was anointed, it wasn't until Jesus was ready, it wasn't until Jesus was sent that God moved through him in supernatural ways. And I've got news for you. Go, preach the gospel to every creature, and these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils. Come on now. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. If they touch any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. And when they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Uh, verse 20 of Mark chapter 16 says this, And God worked with them, confirming his word, confirming his word, confirming his word with signs and wonders following. I love it. Come on now. Acts 3, we're going back to that verse. Such as I have, you possess, we possess the same power that Christ possessed. Two amens, I'll take two. We possess the same authority that Jesus possessed on this earth. Thank you, Uncle Harold. We possess the same authority that Jesus had while he walked on this earth. We possess the same authority that Jesus has when he walked on this earth. We possess the same authority that Jesus had when he walked on this earth. Listen, I'm trying to get you to open your gates. Because amen means so be it. So we can activate your spiritual man to rise to a new place. When you start to actually agree with God's word. When you agree with God's word, then God's word starts to arise within you. But you see, when you sit there quiet as a little church mouse, God don't need mice. I said, God needs lions. I said, God needs sons and daughters who are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's time to recognize we have the same power that Jesus had when he walked on this earth. I've yelled at my dog louder than that. We have the same authority that Jesus had when he walked on this earth. We're getting there. We have the same authority that Jesus had when he walked on this earth. I I had a coach one time. He told me, one of the problems of pastors is they love to preach more than they want their people to learn. Listen, I love to preach. When you're in that anointing, there is a flow in the anointing where all of a sudden you're sitting back. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of my preaching and I go, boy, that was good. When you're in that anointing, it is so enthusiastic and exciting. Some people say, Pastor, you drank way too much coffee this morning. Has nothing to do with coffee. I only had a half a cup today. This has to do with the same spirit that lives in me that came upon Jesus. I can do the same thing that Jesus did when he walked on this earth. 
Well, I, I don't know. I tried it and it didn't work for me. This is not a bicycle. When you learn that you possess this capability, then you have faith when it's time to activate it. Now the person receiving has a responsibility to activate as well. But the fact is, is that if you don't believe, then how can you give? As freely as you've received, freely give. How can you give if you don't believe you got? How can you give if you don't believe who God says you are? Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, dunamis. And Jesus went about doing good. Everybody shout good. good. Shout good. good. Shout good. good. Healing all those oppressed of the devil. Listen, I love the fact that I just want you to hear me now. We're going to give away, I don't know how many boxes of food. Way too many. We were expecting how many boxes? 9,600 what? We have 9,600 bags of food. That was just for the backpack program. I love that. How many of you are glad we help our community? I love that. I love that we do things in our community all the time. Community doesn't have a clue. In fact, many of you don't have a clue how many people we feed every single month. You don't have a clue how many people we touch and how many people we help, how many people we... You don't have a clue. We don't stand up here and tell about it all. I love that. But natural help doesn't always help. And if the church is only doing natural help, then there is no supernatural impact. And if the church doesn't come to an awakening, the devil's going to rise larger. Come on now, he already does. The devil's very active in the supernatural. Psychics, Ouija boards, palm reading, Reiki healers, People flocking to them. Why are they flocking to them? Because the church has been powerless. Because we've abandoned our powerful call. The prophetic is dwelling inside of you. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, it says, pray that you may prophesy. In fact, the Bible says there, not just pray, it says desire. The word desire there means to lust after. Come on now, every one of us in this room, if you're born again, that same spirit, he will prophesy through you supernatural words for people that will turn their head because there's no way you could have known what you were about to say. We live so much in the natural realm in the church that we forget that if we don't start moving in the supernatural. My brother-in-law and also this young man on Tuesday. What's his name? First name? Gabe. Gabe and my brother-in-law, Mike, they both said the same thing. They felt a change in their life. My brother-in-law said, I felt him. Gabe said to his ma, I feel different. Salvation is not a prayer. I said salvation is not a prayer. 
Salvation is a transformation. Not a natural transformation. You can join a church and still go to hell. You can be a pastor and still go to hell. What changes us is the supernatural power of God that we cannot deny, and the world needs the church to do good. I'm not talking good just by feeding people, just by helping somebody up the walkway, not by somebody shuffling them out. I'm talking like they need you to lay hands on them. They need you to release the healing power of Jesus to them. They need you to prophesy over them. They need you to build them supernaturally. They need to feel the living God that their faith will not be built upon the wisdom of man, but upon the power of God. They need Jesus to show heaven through you. The kingdom of God is at hand, which means the evidence of the culture of heaven is now visibly seen right here. There's a great evangelist. He used to send letters overseas all the time. T.L. Osborne. And when he sent out a whole series of, 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 uh, of uh, stuff to Africa, he laid hands on them and prayed for them and released the anointing through, the, through them. We know that the anointing is tangible and transferable. It is supernatural. That power of God, the same spirit dwells in you. When you pray and release, if you have faith, it will be released even into the paper. He sent it out and people started contacting him from Africa. When they went to Africa, if they were sick, they were healed. If they were demon-possessed, they were freed. People even were raised from the dead. Why? Because the anointing was inside of the paper. Come on now, brother. Your mother, Brother White, your mother, she knows what we're talking about. Your mother knows the power of God in other countries. Your mother knew the power of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because you cannot fake it. Come on, till you make it. You got that same spirit and it's time to start walking in the supernatural for what I have I give to you see when we know this when we have faith in this and this is when the challenge and this is where as your pastor man I push you I know I irritate people right out of the building I understand that I understand I irritate people because I'm pushing you and pushing you and pushing you. Grow up, grow up, grow up. We need the army of God this is not about sucking our thumbs when we're 30 years old in the kingdom Say amen. amen. It's about you and I doing damage to the devil's domain on a distinctly uh, designed desire of God by signs and wonders that God wants to use you wherever you are, that God wants to manifest through you wherever you are. Come on, Pam, you know what I'm talking about. Your background, you saw all that stuff in the, uh, in the dark side. Hey, brother, we can go through the different men and women in the house. They've gone through the dark side. But I want you to realize that with God, it's even greater. And it's time for the church to awaken from its sleep and slumber. And it's time to stand up, put our shoulders back. And such as I have, I give to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. I told the story before, but I heard in Bible college, it was a woman in China. She had gotten saved. And I don't know, she read some portion of the Bible, I believe it was Matthew chapter 10, where it says, Jesus sent out the 70, and he told them to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to cast out devils. So this woman in China just started going out and about. She would go from, she would go from village to village. She would say, where's your morgue? She would go into the morgue and come out with two or three folk. She did it from village to village to village. Until one day, a good old... Preacher said, 
God don't do that now. So she stopped. I'm talking like God's got to do it now than he's, more than he's ever done it before. And he's not doing it through a few chosen folkums. Say amen. It's not about, hey, well, you've got the title, pastor. It's your job. No, no, no. You're the title called believer. We are the sons and daughters. We are the anointed of the Holy Spirit. We have what we have we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise and walk. What if they don't get up? But what if they do? Amen. What if nothing happens? But what if it does? See, the devil has gotten the church on the ring, on that rail. Well, you know, I, I'm just a Christian. No, you're not. You're not just a Christian. Who lied to you? You're not just a Christian. You're the king's kid. You're royal. You're a royal priest. The priest did the work of the Father. And he has not left us without authority. The greater has given to the lesser. And he said, now, go act on my behalf. Come on now, shout it out loud. I'm anointed. I can't hear you. Shout, I'm anointed. Shout, I have authority. Shout, I act on God's behalf. Shout, people need me. They need you. They need you. They need you. They don't need your half-baked half Christian walk. They need you sold out for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They need you to be the evidence that God is not dead, but he's alive. They need you in the middle of your hell to stand up and say, I'm coming out of this without even smelling like smoke. Oh, I got stories for you. I do. I got stories for you. I just can't tell you yet. We will tell you soon. But I want you to know, it's one thing to talk it. It's another thing to live it. And you can live it because the God of heaven dwells in you. Well, I'm just a Christian. I just got... No! When you pray... Devils recognize it. When you take authority over them, they have to yield. When you pray, sickness, even the physical body has to respond to the word of the Lord. Jesus, he walked out on the boat and he spoke to the winds and the wave. I'm talking even the winds and the wave have got to start obeying the body of believers. Listen, T.L. Osborne said, I hate preaching in America because it's filled with unbelievers. And I'm talking in the church, but I'm telling you now in these last days, he's raising up men and women of great faith. He's raising up men and women who actually believe such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I'm praying for a Holy Ghost boldness. I'm praying for a Holy Ghost revival. I'm praying for a Holy Ghost fire to burn in your spirit that we will actually believe that if God said it, it is so no matter what anybody else says. When you get that in your spirit, there's really nothing you can't do. But when you just hope it to happen, there's nothing that will happen.
You've got to recognize that you actually possess this. You actually house God. Some of you change how you live if you actually believed you house God. You wouldn't talk the same way. You wouldn't live the same way. You wouldn't drink the same way. You wouldn't talk the same way. If you actually believe that God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, dwells inside of you, such as I have, such as I have, such as I have, such as I have, in the name, the authority, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I'm releasing the anointing. Get up and walk. Woo! I don't care if you're happy. I'm preaching myself happy. Because I believe it. Because I've never been into the game. I'm not into the religious game. I'm not here to be a, a pastor in the Northeast. Maybe if I was just going to be a preacher somewhere just to be a preacher, it wouldn't be in New York. My wife and I were saying just yesterday, if it wasn't for this church, I'd already moved. This state sucks. And not because it's not beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful states I've ever been in. But the government sucks. I'd have been gone. But I know this. God has called us to this field. God has called us to this cornfield. God, listen now, this building wouldn't be here unless my wife and I responded to the call of God. I had a man tell me one time, you know, you're a bad leader. You're not even a good pastor. You're really nothing, anything that anybody should have. My, my, I, talked, I talked to my bishop about that. And he said, that man's a fool. He said, there wouldn't even be a building in the middle of that cornfield unless you and your wife responded to the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the call of God. We'll never know how many people God, people that God has given us the ability to touch. But I want you to know this. It doesn't take a lot of folk to change a lot of people. It takes men and women who will actually believe such as I have, such as I possess, because I'm possessed. I have it possessing me. I live in it. I walk in it. I talk in it. What I have, Brother Carl, is free. And if you let me, I'll release it in your life. Because that same anointing that was on Jesus is the same anointing on you. It's the same anointing in your life. If you only believe. This is where the church is, the crossroads of our lives spiritually. Do we actually believe God has sent you? You could have been born 500 years ago, but you weren't. Some of you might look like it, but you weren't. You need to see Pastor Pelko. I use that stuff on my eyes. It does work. I don't look as baggy, 54-year-old. I use Mary Kay. Oh, my God. I need to take care of the rest of the temple. It's called increase. Whew, I've got to tie my, i got to button my jacket. i got to get back to being able to button that. Such as I have. Who, who possesses you? What are you here for? To suck air and die? Maybe you can make all the money you want in this world, and guess what's going to happen? When you're dead, you can't take it. 
can't change people with money. Listen now. If loyalty begins with money, loyalty ends with money. Who owns you? Who possesses you? Who dwells inside of you? Who are you? Such as I have. What do you got? What do you have? I can tell you all you want. One day I was at a coaching session. I was down in Florida. And I always struggled with the low, lower self-esteem when I began. And I remember sitting at that. Whenever I would go into the presence of people that were huge in the kingdom, we call them generals, spiritual generals, I'd always just cower down and quiet down and not say a word. And one day I'm, I'm at this coaching session and the guy's talking about you belong at the seat. You belong at the table. How many remember when you were kids? Ma, you remember this? Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. You belong at the kids' table. They'd always send me to the kids' table. How many remember the kids' table? I hated the kids' table. The adults had everything all to spread out for them. We'd have to come out and try to get ours, scarf it off as much as possible. Go back to the kids' table. But one day, I remember, I don't even remember how old I was. I said, can I sit here? And they said, yes. And I said, I belong at the table. <laughs> Until you believe you belong at the table, you'll never believe as such as I have. Therefore, if you don't believe you have, you have nothing to give besides just good religion. But when you believe who you are, when you pray, you pray different. You call those things which are not as though they already are. You can bind up the devil and you know he's got to flee. You can speak to flesh and know that, come on now, even the very deepest part of that flesh has to respond to the words. For Jesus sent his word to heal us. That when you hear the word of God, that the word of God is regenerating. The word of God is building faith. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's alive. Such as I have. I give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise. 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 And walk. Church, arise. Believe who you are. God believes in you. Or he wouldn't have called you. You believe. And start giving. And you'll start seeing God use your life supernaturally. If you never pray for a sick person, don't worry about it. They'll never be healed. You never bind up a devil, don't worry. They're never going to be bound. You never take authority, don't worry. Nothing will be accomplished. You never speak to the winds and the waves, don't worry. They'll never calm down. Do you know who you are? 
Do you believe who you are? Some of you have been lied to your whole life that you are worthless, no good, will never make anything of your life. Lies! Lies! In the name of Jesus, I bind the lies over your life. I see the gate open. The gate opens. When the word of God comes out, it's quick and powerful. It changes you. Jesus said, spirit and life. Numa and Zoe. The Zoe, the God kind of life, comes when the spirit is released. Who are you? Are you just a mom? Are you just a dad? Are you just a grandma? You just a grandpa? You're single? Well, you know, I'm looking for somebody. I'm just single. No, no. All that stuff pales to the reality of who you actually are. Know who you are. Such as, oh, such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise. I'm going to change it. Rise and run. Run this race so strong that when you get to heaven, he'll say, well done. Well done. Bow your heads with me this morning. I could keep preaching this. Today, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, never assume that everybody in the room is right. If there is a sin between you and God, I come on now, you should be afraid. You should be afraid. There should be actual fear if you are not right with God. If not, your heart is hard. If there is a sin between you and God, if you're not right with Jesus, if you're not sure if you took your last breath today, that without any reservation, without any question, I'll know I'll stand before him. Not because you're a good person, not because you're a kind individual, but because the blood of Jesus has washed your sins away. You've surrendered your life to him. Today, if you're not sure and you want to be sure, you're not positive, but you want to be positive, I want you to slide your hand up right now. I want to lead you to the best friend you're ever going to have. Is there anyone this morning? If you're online, I want you to do this with me. If you want to give your heart to Christ, you want to get right with God, I don't care. Maybe you're in a backslidden condition. What's backslidden, Pastor? That means where you were last year, you're less close to Christ. There is no going. There is no neutral in the kingdom. You're either going forward or going backwards. You're either growing in your relationship with Jesus or backsliding. And today, if you're not right with God, I want you online to do, do this when we grab your phone. Or right there online, I am saved. If you want to text it, I am saved, 97000. We have people that are going to reach out to you right now. If you're in this room, my last call, if you're not right with God, you want to be right with the Lord, raise your hand up right now. Is there anyone? Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Pastor Rhonda, if you'll come.
amen. We're entering into the time of tithes and offerings where the word of God tells us that the tithe is holy unto the Lord. That means 10% is holy. It's set apart unto God. But he doesn't just take it to take our finances. He does it because in our obedience, he will bless us. He opens the windows of heaven. He pours out blessings. He rebukes the devourer. He is such an awesome, giving, and generous God. And he says, as you give, it shall be given unto you. So we give with joy in this house, and we declare the word of God over our finances. Just like in worship, it's prophesying. We're opening this gate and this door over our lives. It is the same with our finances. In this house, we declare, we prophesy the word of the Lord over our money. So if you're ready this morning, repeat it after me. It's found in Deuteronomy 28, and it says, If 